Hello and welcome to some more live content from In The Money Media and our friends out at Santa Anita. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fortital in the Brooklyn Bunker, the flooded Brooklyn Bunker, I must admit, not the stuff we wanted to deal with on a normal Friday morning, but fortunately, uh, Nick Tamaro helped us uh, do the, the show that I used to do from here while I was throwing towels on the floor and, you know, <laughs> doing all the things you have to do when your basement floods, but we got it taken care of. We're here with you, and we're ready to rock and roll for this Saturday pick six, and we've got at Santa Anita, and we've got a terrific team, uh, starting with a man we've had the pleasure of working with for the last couple of years on these live streams. He works at Santa Anita. He is the uh, the denizen of the suites out there. If you need to be taken care of, this man will sort you. He is Jeff Chappie. Chapman, Chappie, what's going on, my man? Good afternoon, gentlemen. It was uh, opening day today. Nice to see all the familiar faces back. Nice to have live racing back here again and looking forward to the Breeders' Cup. Looking forward to tomorrow. It's a terrific card and uh, can't wait to dive in because I think there's some prices and some money to be made. I can't wait. And we're going to go through it with this panel. Next up, a first timer on this show, which is insane because this guy should have been on the show a hundred times because, or we could do just our own podcast about professional wrestling. <laughs> Anyone who loves professional wrestling this much, you know, clearly is extremely welcome over here, but he's not just a, a, a wrestling mark. Also a guy with a very good opinion when it comes to thoroughbred racing. He is Gino Bacola. Gino, what's going on, my man? Happy to be joining you. Yeah, we had to get talked uh, off of the wrestling uh, subject before uh, you and I would have just gone on for an hour or so, and, and this podcast would not have started till tomorrow, talking Jericho, WrestleMania, everything. But I'm pumped for a big weekend. I'm excited to talk some racing. We have four graded stakes races to discuss, and uh, every day that there's racing at Santa Anita, I'm always handicapping those races, putting out some videos, some content on social media or through the podcast. And I'm also pumped up because I know our buddy Scotty has a, a nice sponsorship this year with the Pick'em Contest. Those Santa Anita Pick'em Contest, they're my favorite thing to play. They are absolutely free to enter every Saturday, Sunday. They combine horse racing props with sports props. And right now, college football on Saturday, NFL on Sunday. So great way to kick back and spend a Saturday or Sunday where you can get some free action all throughout the day. Looks like a view into the future talking about these horse racing and uh, football, college, and NFL props. And that brings us to our next guest, a returning guest. It's been a minute since he's been on these airwaves. I'm a huge fan of the product he's developed, Equin Edge, and a guy I always want to talk to about racing. His record in the contest world speaks for himself. He's my friend, Scotty McKeever. Scotty, what's going on, my man? What's going on, guys? Peter, it's good to see you. It's been a while. And uh, you know what? I've, I've kind of been away from racing for a little bit, taking it easy, been doing some traveling and uh, getting my bearings back. I'm looking forward to the partnership with Santa Anita. I'm going to actually get up there a couple of times a month. I'm actually in California now. You know, I've been in Florida for the last couple of years, so I'm here for about six months and I'm going to get up and, and do some seminars up there. So I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. It's like home for me. I mean, that's that's where I spent most of my life, half my life at least up at Santa Anita. So all the good people up there, it was, it was great racing today. And tomorrow, I'd say what, there's some prices tomorrow. I'm looking forward to the uh, grade two Santa Anita uh, sprint championship. I think it's a wide open race. It's a special place and we've got some terrific racing on this opening Saturday. We're going to look at this $1 pick six, a couple of really interesting developments on the Santa Anita wagering menu 
for this meeting. The three dollar uh, pick three for the uh, turf. That's exciting. This show, though, we're going to focus on the return of the one dollar pick six, taking it out of the the jackpot, putting it back in a way where serious horse players can really benefit. We're going to start off talking about uh, the first race, race number five. We're going to get to some stakes in a minute, but we're going to start off with this allowance race for fillies and mares going a mile on the turf. Chappie, we're going to start with you. How do you want to light this candle, my friend? You know, I thought this was an interesting race. I, I, I've got some prices down the road. Um, I kind of narrowed in on a few different horses, not big prices. Uh, Impact Warrior comes to mind, third off the layoff for Phil D'Amato, who seems to win most everything back here out on the turf. Last time out, ran a nice third to a monster in the making, who is Anna Set. So coming out of that grade one, Delmar Oaks, little class relief here. I like the jock switch to Umberto here and, uh, you know, eight to five in the morning line. I'm not uh, coming up with anything special. The, the interesting horse on the replay wise a little bit, no price here is the six horse. Uh, you want her? Want here there? How do you, how you pronounce that? Somebody tell me. I'm going to go with your want. I'm going to go with your want here. Your want here. Yeah. Yeah. This horse um, just, just steadied a little early, had a little bit of trouble, got shuffled back. And the turn of foot this horse showed around the turn, I think this horse will be better suited to the mile than the mile and an eighth. And I think maybe just sits back and makes one run. I think there's some talent here. And uh, the other horse that I was looking at was Lakota Spirit you know, who came off of a long layoff last time, did not switch leads late, but was uh, rolling right along and ran second for the red-hot J.J. Uh, Hernandez. We brought Chappie here at great expense, and he gives us the three favorites in the kickoff leg, boys. Well, in the pre-show, I, I was telling Gino to start with race five because I had a price in race six. <laughs> okay, let me give you, I'll give you a price then, Chappie, in this one. Uh, here we go. I don't know how much speed there's going to be in this race. So I think if you're going to try to find a price, it might be a horse that's going to be forwardly placed in here or sitting a good trip. I don't know if you necessarily want a deep closer because if you do and you're expecting that deep closer to outrun Impact Warrior, I don't know if that's a great proposition here. So the horse that I think is a little bit intriguing is Cornelia Fort. This horse has some tactical speed. She's a multiple winner. She's going to be stepping up and facing better in here, but she's really, really sharp. And if you look at her entire body of work, she has not done a whole lot wrong. She's got a nice sort of tactical style. She actually had some legitimate traffic last time out. She's probably a little bit farther back in the last two races, and I think she might be in here because there's not that much speed in here. So she's a price horse that I'm going to throw into the mix because I think she could get a really nice trip and outrun her odds. Big price from uh, Gino on number four here, uh, Cornelia Ford. I need to go with that, Gino. Um, yeah, well, the horse who's underneath is going to get a good trip for me is Speed Lane. I just have a, such a tough time trusting this horse on the win end, right, with all those minor awards. But again, when I'm talking about trip and I'm not seeing a whole lot of speed on this race on paper, I could see Speed Lane sitting a very nice trip with an aggressive rider, Vasquez aboard. Uh, I do think Impact Warrior is the horse to beat. So for me, probably combos of Impact Warrior, Cordelia Fort, maybe some Speed Lane uh, in the mix with them. I agreed with Chappie on the trip. With the, uh, with the six, just a little bit worried about the trip that she might get in this race if there isn't all that much pace. Scotty, let's bring you in to sort of break the tie on this one. What do you want to do to uh, start our pick six tickets here? 
Well, I agree with Gino on speed lane. Uh, it On paper, yes, the horse looks really tough to trust. But the horse ran a much better race last time out from the rail, didn't have the best break. This horse's best chance is on the lead. The reason I'm kind of leaning towards this horse in an absolute grab bag is our pace number has this horse 19 points, the fastest horse. Um, and although the eight horse actually was in front of this horse last time out, I've seen this before with our numbers. It's like, I don't know how it predicts this stuff, but in a wide open race with horses that maybe don't want to pass other horses, I, I think speed lane has a chance of going gate to wire. All right. So any others you want to mention, Scotty, or you're going to really focus on the five runner or the potential less speed lane speed advantage in this spot? Well, I, it's just wide open. I, I I don't know of any other horse I would like really that much. The other horse Gino mentioned, Cornelia Ford, is is an absolute. It's nine to two. That horse is that she's nine to two on the Equinedge Morning Line as our top genetic strength rating GSR. So, uh, for the four horse has as good a look as anybody. Let's get into the graded stakes action that we've got on this uh, Saturday card. Going to be a lot of fun to see how it plays out. Starting. With this sprint championship, grade two action, six furlongs at a field of nine going post route. Scotty, we'll keep it with you. Who's going to win this one? Well, the one horse that's being ignored and is going to get bet down up is Baffert Speedboat Beach. And this horse is the fastest horse in the race, and it's coming off of a layoff. And we haven't seen this horse since November of last year. That being said, Baffert has them ready to go. The bullet works, last couple of bullet works, and September 9th was two of 37. I think this horse is actually ready to go. It's just we don't know how good this horse will be as a three-year-old, not even facing three-year-olds here, facing three and up. That being said, this horse is the top win percentage, and it's got the top pace number, and it's got a very good genetic strength rating as well. I think the, in another wide-open race, I think the eight might run good. It just depends on whether they're going to come back to uh, her or not or him or not. Um, the other one I would give that you you have to give a good look to is although it doesn't have a really good number um, for us, uh, Arabian Lion is probably the horse to beat in the race. Arabian Lion certainly uh, no stranger based on the the exploits in uh, the Woody Stevens and uh, looking so good on the undercard on uh, on uh, the Preakness Day as well. Certainly a horse deserving of a lot of respect and is going to attract a lot of paramutual attention. Eight three mainly for Scotty. Gino, let's pull you back in and get your thoughts on uh, this year's Santa Anita Sprint Championship. I think there are two horses in this race that are very key to how this pace will unfold because I think both of them will want to be a little more forwardly placed than they've been recently. That's Dr. Chevelle, who's drawn down towards the inside. He had a sort of a weird trip last time. He came from way farther back than normal. He actually ran really, really well, coming wide and way back in a very strong renewal of the Bing Crosby. I think because of his draw and because he's had a lot more success when he was really close up or just, just sitting off the pace, I think he'll be a lot more forward. And then Spirit of Machina, you know, he sat off the pace and he kind of loomed up last time out and he looked like he was going to go on and win. And then he just really flattened out. Earlier on in the year when he was just off the pace, he's finished a little bit stronger. I think he sort of kept a little bit more focused when he was in the race throughout. So I think those two are key to the race, mainly because they're going to set it up for the horse I like most, Fort Bragg, who I think is going to sit off the pace a little bit. 
that's the horse who I think sits a really nice trip. If a couple of these horses are all kind of jockeying for position early, I think Fort Bragg can sit right behind them on the cutback. You know, you start looking at his form. I think it looks better and better when you go through his races. It, early on in his career, he's beating Reincarnate. He's out finishing Practical Move. Then he's behind Practical Move a couple times, Forte. If you look at that Florida Derby, I think there were five next out winners out of that race and two next out runner-ups. And Fort Bragg was one of those. He had a wicked beat in the Pat Day Mile. And then he comes back and he beats Saudi Crown, who we saw go on and win the Pennsylvania Derby. So you can put a line right through that race in the mud last time out. Just didn't fire on an off track. Everything else makes sense to me for a horse who can sit third or fourth in here. And he's going to have some punch on the cutback. So the play for me is Fort Bragg. Probably use the doctor a little bit as well. I do think he's the horse to beat. And uh, I give Spirit of Machina a little bit of a look in here. So those would be the three that I'm, I'm most intrigued by. 429 for Gino with a very intriguing and sharp case on that four. Fort Bragg in this spot. Chappie, let's bring you back in. Who do you think is going to win this one? I'm glad you guys were talking wrestling in the pregame show. So my top pick is Fort Bragg, and I was going to make a case for Fort Bragg. Another thing you didn't mention, Gino, in the, uh, the Florida Derby, Fort Bragg missed the break. And then rushed to the front, and they went 46 and three. So he probably went 45 and two, and obviously got tired late. And then in the Pat Day Mile, missed the break just enough to lose that race. And I always go by workouts as well, how they're doing, uh, you know, recency wise when I watch them work on XBTV the Bafferts can tell you a lot. And I, there's one I'm for one I'm against today. If you go to the September 9th workout, that workout was with Muth and the times given in the racing form are 59.60 for Muth, 59.80 for, for Bragg. And if anybody goes back and, and watches that visually and tells me that Muth outworked Fort Bragg, then they have a bridge to sell me because there's no shock. And he was under a hammerlock and easily outworked Muth. Um, the horse I am against off the latest work and on paper looks very good was the September 23rd work on Dr. Scheivel, who I did not think looked all that sharp and actually had trouble getting by a horse named Princip, who was basically just a claiming type of horse. So uh, I am... Four, three in here, and I am not using Dr. Scheivel in any bets. Four, three to the hoop for Chappie in the Santa Anita Sprint Championship. We'll pivot to the next one. We've got uh, di very different sauce here. Two-year-old Phillies, uh, the Cowbreds, uh, Maiden Special Weight going six and a half here. And we've got a field of 11 going postward. Chappie, we're going to keep it with you on this one. Uh, what, what are we going to use on our tickets in the end? in this one, which is a little more uh, tricky, I would say. Yeah, you know, I had a tough time with this this race. Uh, I, I watched a lot of the replays. Um, a couple of the horses I thought that were interesting on the, their turf replays were the four Asada Fries. Um, if you go back to the sprint race, uh, this horse, it was an interesting ride by Berrios. It almost, almost looked like they were giving the horse a race they waited till about the top of the lane to even ask the horse to go at all. And then the horse really exploded. It was rolling late. Uh, so I tossed the dirt race out and I go back to that turf race. I think 
going back to the turf, uh, this horse should improve. And at four to one, I think is a good play. Another horse that I'm not sure about, but the five kids, Katie, the, the, the route race last time out, I put steadied 36 times during the race. It was one of the most unbelievable races I've ever seen the trouble the source got in from start to finish. So I think this horse looked athletic. There's more there. Those are the two interesting ones. You know, a horse other than that, yeah, just off of connections, sassy press lot is interesting, but there was nothing for me to see on XBTV. So for for visually visually watching horses, I would be four or five. Four five, maybe a little four five nine for Chappie in race number seven. Gino, how about you? Where are you going to land? In? Chappie was cheating off my homework there. Uh, everything he said about Kits Katie was the horse who I wanted to start with, and the only problem is that when you get the comment line in the racing forum that says "rough trip," usually these horses get overbet a little bit because people will see exactly what we saw, yeah. and Chappie was spot on. I mean, this horse got pushed in at the start, got buried down on the inside, shuffled back, lost a couple lengths tried to come on again, nowhere to run, was altering and just never got a shot. What's nice is that on top of the troubled trip, the dam was also a winner on the turf and there are a couple turf siblings that won. So you feel like there's some turf pedigree here as well that's probably built into it. Um, completely agreed with Chappie on Asada Fries as well. The horse who he didn't mention that I think I just want to give another shot to uh, is Lady Lightsome. That horse debuted uh, against Open Company, keep in mind. And so this is now a move in with Calbreds. And the horse got shuffled back just after the start. And so it was probably just game over there. You know, sprinting, going five furlongs, getting shuffled back in your debut. Um, so just never really had much of a chance in there. But another one who's damn did win on the turf. So uh, two, four, and five are going to be in the mix for me, no doubt. I like the sound of it with the five, Gino, sounds like being the one you're the most interested in. Am I reading yep, that right? Absolutely. No doubt so about I'm it. Let's bring you back in when you look at this through your lens, through the Equid Edge lens. Which horses do you want on your tickets? Well, I the, I like Sassy Prance a lot the first time starter. A lot of these, um, they like to burn money. So, I mean, they haven't rust run a lot, but I just don't like a sort of fries. I want to like that horse a lot. And uh, probably the horse to beat is the four, a sort of fries as our top GSR, but I'm going to go with the first time starter, Sassy France a lot. I actually really like the workouts. They're very steady. And, uh, Diamato and, and, and JJ Hernandez, I think this horse is gonna, gonna run a very good race. Uh, I'll give you another horse who should run much better. They're adding blinkers to the 10 horse. Look at, uh, at their, at their glide. And, uh, this horse is five to one on the Equine Edge morning line. I imagine with the blinkers added, I think they gave this horse the race first time out. This horse could actually surprise them in what looks to be a wide open race. But I'm going to take the newcomer on top, uh, Sassy Prance, a lot over the 10 horse. 9, 4, and 10 for Scotty. I definitely see where you're going with that idea on the 10. Uh, looks like turf on the damn side. So uh, yeah. might go out. And I think the dam won the debut. And then right off the bat, they threw in the Breeders' Cup in the second start. So there was a lot of precocity there, win early turf stuff. So. Um, yeah, that's that's a horse, so I wouldn't talk you off, Scotty. Yeah, yeah. I, th if you look, 5-1 to one on the Equine Edge morning line, the top win percentage is the first-time starter, but only at 23%. So based on the win percentages, it looks wide open. And the 10 horse, after that start, I mean, connections are good, but they're not great, has a 5-1 to one Equine Edge morning line. You know, it, it just, I don't know, there's some stuff that's pointing towards this horse that you better watch for it with the blinkers at it. 
they could be uh, going for it here. Equinedge, really cool program. I've really enjoyed incorporating it into my handicapping. A lot of different ways of looking at it will predict uh, a morning line, which has some signal in it, as well as an overall win percentage. The GSR, that's my favorite that Scotty's referred to several times. Certain for horses doing things for the first time. You get a lot of signal from that. Equinedge.com, the place to go to learn more about uh, that product that is is basically a uh, computer representation of Scotty's brain, as I understand it. When you see the success that Scotty's had in all these uh, handicapping contests, it's something you want to take a long look at. Let's go on to grade one action in race number eight. We've got the awesome against stakes, and we've got a field of nine going post for it. Scotty, we'll keep it with you. Look, another race where it's just absolutely wide open. So, it, this is, I tell you what, this is a great card tomorrow, you guys. Like, it's going to be a lot of fun. Spread your money out a little bit. Don't don't try to hammer it too hard because it's wide open. I think you're going to, this this pick six is going to pay in the late pick five. And I love, I'll, I'll, you mentioned this earlier, but um, I'll tell you, Peter, I'm so happy to have the $1 pick six. Soon they're going to bring that $2 pick six back one of these days, but well, I'll, I'll settle for the one dollar. One dollar, maybe the sweet spot, Scotty. It may be the sweet spot. Yeah, we'll say I'll say. Listen, I'll take what I can get at this point. But I do think the three horse slow down. Andy is an interesting horse, of course. Defunded is. You're talking about favorites right there. But um, but and National Treasure six to five on the Equinedge Morning Line. But this horse's form is just too bad to believe. That was a very tough race last time out. It was 10 furlongs, but I couldn't really see the excuses. But uh, do you know the only, you know the reason I'm going to play against National Treasure, guys? I really believe this horse is best on the lead. And and you've got the two, three, and the nine stiletto boy that are very, very fast. And I don't know that, that National Treasure is going to clear. So from that perspective, if you take a horse to come from behind, uh, I might take a price horse. And I think I'm going to go with Senor Buscador and it's also a price play for us. I mean, Senor Buscador certainly will be lighting things up. Five to one in the morning line, but I think could be longer than that. If you were to grade your opinions here, Scotty, into A's and B's, how would you look to approach it from a pick six point of view? I mean, you've talked about the, the one, three, two, and seven all as runners. How would you sort of grade them out? Well, because they're because I don't think National Treasure is going to get the lead. All of a sudden, that makes the race to me wide open. Um, you know, really, the, you know, the more I look at this, guys, the horse to beat is the three. I would probably make the the B slow down, Andy. Probably like a a B and uh, Senor Buscador, my horse. I'd probably make a C, and I don't think I'd get. There's nobody in here that would get an A, and even a B is kind of pushing it. Very tricky stuff it sounds like gino let's bring you in to get your ideas on uh, this year's awesome again slightly different opinion from scotty i think when i initially handicapped this race i wasn't high on either defunded or national treasure uh started coming back to it more I completely agree i think slow down andy is like the measuring stick for this race he's in really nice form he's very honest you sort of know what you're going to get from him but the concern i have with him is what four of his last five races he's kind of run the same race and he hasn't won any of them He's run really well four of the last five times, but he's kind of struck the front. He's gotten that lead where he gets the jump on some of the deeper closers. Still hasn't been able to finish the deal, but he's five to two here versus he's been a much bigger price in a lot of his other races. So he does make a lot more sense here. I did 
sort of come back to national treasure the more and more I looked at the race because I do I think he's faster than defunded of the Bafferts. I think National Treasure is gonna gonna go more. Kind of what Scotty was saying. I think he needs the lead. And then it really, to me, comes down to him and Stiletto Boy. And with the blinkers on and National Treasure just sort of being intent on getting the lead, I think that's the key for him. Like, I don't really think he's that good, honestly, overall as a horse. He kind of beat a weak field in the Preakness when he did catch, uh, a, like, a paceless field. And he's never really passed horses, ever. You know, you look through his entire form. I just don't think this is necessarily the best group of in-form older horses right now. Like, look at some of our next choices. The Funded's not in the best of form. Stiletto Boy, I could make a case for him because he has races good enough to win this. Um, maybe he can get back there. Maybe there's a little bit of the Fountain of Youth for him, not the prep race at uh, Gulfstream Park. I'm talking Ponch de Leon there. Uh, so Stiletto Boy uh, would be one, at least would be an under and maybe a value play in the mix. But I'm... I've made myself sort of warm back up to National Treasure. I do think Slowdown Andy is in the mix. Couldn't get two creative weight prices in here. With the, Those are kind of the three for me. Seven, nine, and three for Gino. Chappie, how about you? Who's going to win this awesome again? Yeah, you, you know, I'm kind of with these guys in, in, in a way as well. It's, a, it's, not, a, it's not a great race. Um, there was a time in the day I would think that Defunded would just by five, but I just don't think he's the same defunded as early in the year. Uh, my top pick is slow down. Andy, I, I get where Gino's coming last time out. He like he was rolling right on by was going to win the Pacific classic, but I still think he's going to get the best trip. The key to this race to me is stiletto boy because otherwise national treasure could be lone speed. I don't always think of DeSormo as that Sen guy, but from the nine hole, and he's been on Stiletto Boy before, and Stiletto goes, I got a feeling he might send. And if that's the case, it, it from the 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 way these horses are running right now, and I think to slow down Andy's in really good form. And visually, I loved his last work. I think he's going to run huge. So the three on top for me. Three and nine, basically for you, Chappie. That's how you're going to approach it. Is that about right? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of three, three seven. Uh, if Stiletto Boy doesn't go, I, I, I can't figure out the pace scenario. So I'm three or all over the place. Let's put it that way. I like it. Let's get on to more graded stakes. We've got the Eddie D Grade Two action going uh, six and a half here on the downhill turf course. We've got a field of eleven. Chappie, who wins it? Tough one again. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm my top pick. I'm gonna take a little bit of a price here, and that would be the seven. I'm a gambler. Um, has ran well to a horse in du jour who has become a turf monster. I yep. think the way this horse runs uh, and drawn outside should take to the downhill course. And uh, you never know. They either like it or they don't. Right. So that still they try it. There's always that. You wonder how they're going to run down the hill. I think um, I'm a gambler is going to get a nice setup here. And that jockey was on fire. I know he said, you know, he might be suspended for 36 days or whatever after next week's appeal. But uh, he 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 is uh, uh, acclimated himself very well to Southern California. Um, Laneway obviously loves the downhill turf course. Um is in very good form, you know. I think it's going to run a big race, so I'm kind of 
those two. I, I just have this sneaky feeling Balnikoff is going to run well from off the pace. I don't always love the rail down the hill, but I think with this horse, he's going to sit way back early and just make one big late run. So I'm I'm seven six one in here in another tough race though. I like your case on I'm a gambler. Definitely looks like one just absolutely suited for the cutback down the hill. We'll see how it plays out. Gino, are you buying uh, what we're talking about? I'm I'm going to single. I'm a gambler. That's my my best play oh. in the sequence uh, overall. If you look at this horse's races and watch some of them before coming over to North America. This horse won four out of five races going seven furlongs. This is the exact trip this horse wants. This horse has wins at six, seven, and seven and a half. Like, this is exactly going to hit this one right between the eyes. And then you look at the form, the three races since coming over here. Uh, came off a little bit of a layoff, and they ran in the, the Mathis Mile and did not run poorly that day. Ran fourth. Just kind of a merry-go-round sort of race. Wasn't only beaten a couple lengths, then was off for seven months. Shows back up in July runs really, really well that day, makes an early move in the wicker and finishes behind DuJour and Flavius, who are legitimate graded stakes type horses, uh, comes back in the Del Mar mile, again, makes an early move. And I think we can see now that the mile is just a little bit farther than where this horse wants to go. This cutback should be beautiful. Third start of the form cycle, third start off the long layoff, like lots of little things to like for me with I'm a gambler. I just feel like this horse is sort of I got more upside at this trip than some of these others in here. So I'm going to try to have a strong opinion in this race, a race I think people may spread around and uh, I can get a little separation here if I'm right. Sometimes that's the best place when it looks obvious that most people are going to spread. Let's get narrow and maybe I'm a gambler. It's that horse. Gino, any others to mention uh, as backups? or is You know, it really you know what? Chappie was on uh, the other one that I was at least wanting to give a look to is Balnikov, who you you know what he is. In, when you've watched him try to get a little closer in his races, I don't think that works for him. He just wants to drop way out, press the button, and just let him roll late. So I think that's what they're going to do here. Can they find a trip inside and not have to uh, wind up and go all the way around? But I absolutely will use him. And if I'm playing another ticket, I'll probably play another pick five or some sequence where instead of singling here, I'll use a couple others. Balnikov will be one of those that's on the mix, in the mix for me. Mostly seven, a little one for Geno. Scotty, let's bring you in. Can we make this a chorus for uh, number seven? I'm a gambler, or do you have another idea for it? Oh, man, I'm going to upset the apple cart here. Um, I, well, okay, uh, my single is Lane Way, the six horse. And and I'll, I'll tell you why. Throw out the last race, and it was still a good race. This horse had a horrible trip going five furlongs. It doesn't really want that distance anyways. Off the layoff, needed the trip, or needed the race. You know, it uh, a race I learned a long, long time ago. I don't know if it's entirely true, but it's somewhat close that a, a race is like 10 workouts. So that horse, regular rider Smith for Mandela, is going to get a lot out of that race. And then if you look at the prior race, this horse was first or second. And the two times the horse did get second against really good competition, better than this, in fact. This is a very weak grade two race. Uh, the horse had the rail. And this horse is going to run a huge race today. I like the six hole. I think this horse is going to get a good trip. There's some cheap speed. I think Lane Way is absolutely the horse to beat. Very interesting. Any others you want to mention for backup purposes, or is it really just uh, six and six alone for you here, Scotty? Um, I think Sumter is a good long shot. This horse is eight to one on the odds makers morning line and has an eight to one Equinedge morning line. Plus, it's a price play. 
And then the other one that could be very, very tough, will be on the lead for sure, is the five-horse noble reflection. But I actually, I like, I'm a gambler, actually. The two horses I would I would take, I, I'm single in the six, but I like six, seven. All right, six and seven, and maybe a little bit of three, five on some deeper tickets right. for Scotty. Let's head to our nightcap. More graded stakes action. Grade two, City of Hope. We're going a mile on the turf. Scotty, we'll keep it with you. Okay, so again, another really tough race, but I don't mind these. I love them, but just to make the point that there could be some prices here, and I love that, and it's a challenge. Take some risks tomorrow instead of uh, going with the crowd because the the four horses is an example is going to be your favorite, Hong Kong Harry, no doubt about it. And this horse is six to five on the Equine Edge morning line, but this horse has burned some money as well, and this horse is not a good breaker, and that's the thing about this horse. Like if I if I had this horse, all I would do was was train it to break out of the gate. Maybe they've done that. So I am going to try to beat that horse and um, a horse you're going to probably have to watch out for that could be tough as well as a radio, the nine. And uh, I'm stalling a little bit because I'm not entirely in love with this race, but I'm probably going to settle in on the eight horse, Kathleen Peak. Because Kathleen, uh, how do you pronounce that? Kathleen Peak. Yeah. Yeah. I like this horse. This horse has been facing some pretty tough horses and been running. I just don't think this is the strongest group. And whenever there's a, a big favorite that I think is vulnerable, I go for horses like this, even though they're they're not proving to be big winners themselves as well. And I and I think you you take a price. This horse does have three wins, been in the money in nine of 14 races. I think that Phil D'Amato and Rispoli might have a horse here. This horse has the perfect style that I think Rispoli is the best at, can sit probably like about fifth or sixth. And then and then make a move. So I'm going to go with Diamato and Rispoli on uh, Catkin Peak. Some wild pedigrees in this race going through. It's like you need to go down a rabbit hole to figure out who, who some of these uh, not just the female families, even the sire lines are. It's it's really uh, kind of wild as far as that goes, uh, including Scotty's selection, Catkin Peak. Gino, let's bring you in. Who do you think is going to get the job done? Let me take you on a little rabbit hole real quick before I give you my play. I just want to mention this because this is one of my favorite races every year, and it's not necessarily even based on the field. It's because of the title sponsor of this race, uh, the City of Hope. They saved my life. I, I always want to give a shout-out to City of Hope. Ten years ago, uh, actually 12 years ago now, 2010, I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, they did not think it was going well for me. I had a baseball-sized uh, mass in my neck. They did surgery. It grew back. Two weeks later, I was immediately taken into City of Hope. I lost about 50 pounds, couldn't eat. I was in the hospital at one point for an entire month through Thanksgiving, the whole month of November in 2010. And uh, this place is the reason why I'm here. Uh, all the doctors there, they saved my life. So when I see City of Hope ever, it gives me goosebumps. And I always just want to give a little bit of a shout out there for City of Hope, because if it's not for them, I'm not sitting here talking with you guys today right now. And hopefully hitting this pick six when we close it out with War at Sea, the number two. Let me talk you into War at Sea a little bit. The reason why I'm going to come back to him, I liked him a little in the Delmore Mile based on the way his pattern was. He had a lot of interruptions last year when we were following him when he was a three-year-old. He missed a ton of time between the cinema, and it, it caused him to miss some of the Delmar early prep races for three-year-olds. Then he showed back up. He ran really well in the Del Mar Derby. He's off for almost an entire year. 
So he needs the race, but he ran very, very well behind turn on the jets and some good sprinters. That's not even his game. He's best right here at about a mile. He stretched back out last time out. And unfortunately, the way the race shaped up, he was hooked wide all the way around. He had a no chance kind of trip. Just put a line right through that race. Can we play him off of his August prep race with a little bit of uh, improvement built into it on the speed figures? If he takes a little step forward there, I think he's going to be a big price. I think he's going to be really under the radar and, and not a lot of people are going to be using him in exotics. So he's in the mix for me, uh, along with Twist, who's had some legitimate trouble in a few of his trips. And I think uh, he makes a whole lot of sense in here. Uh, Astronomer's kind of intriguing. I don't know how good he is, but turning for home, if he has a length or two on this field, he could be a little scary. There's not all that much speed in here. Those three will definitely be uh, in the mix for me in some of the exotics. Gino shouts out the two, uh, seven, and five. Love what you were saying about City of Hope. That's a great story. We love to hear that. Congrats to you. And uh, love that you're giving a shout out to the people who helped you. That's something that, you know, means a lot more than the racing stuff we do here. And in a race that we were talking about some more obscure pedigrees, how about this? The Warfront Street Cry Cross. That's about as good as Bloodlines get on number two, War at Sea. Very intriguing case for that runner. I'll be rooting along with you there, Gino. Chappie, how about you? Who's going to win this nightcap at Santa Anita on opening Saturday? Well, first of all, I want to extend my uh, invite to Gino on October 20th. The, the City of Hope is having a big event out here nice. with more than 150 people coming um, into the chandelier room. And I was on the phone with the president of City Hope this morning for quite some time. And uh, Simon, Bray's, Simon Bray's coming out and some other people. So uh, we would love to have you on Friday the 20th for real. I'm, awesome. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, I'll get over there for sure. All the rest of this stuff, you know. So none of the, none of this matters besides that. So please join us. As far as the horses in the finale, I'm I'm kind of with both of them. My top pick is Kathkin Peak. I kind of agree exactly with what Scotty said. I think it sets up nicely. I like Umberto back on. This horse had some trouble, likes the Santa Anita turf course. And the other horse that intrigues me is Twist. Twist has run some big races, had some trouble last time out. I like the jock switch from DeSormo uh, to Berrios, who's just been lights out on the turf. So I'm basically 8-7 and trying to beat uh, Hong Kong Harry, who we know is going to take a lot of money no matter what. Guys, this was so much fun. Hopefully we can reconvene this panel before the end of the meet. you got to watch us, though. Gino and I, if you let us, we're going to go down a very deep rabbit hole <laughs> talking about our, our you know, best uh, wrestlers of uh, the, the 21st century, etc. You know, you can see you can see some evidence behind me here of who I might be nominating for that award. But uh, I, say, I think I got a Big E and a Kofi down here that are my son's toy. My son now, his toys are wrestlers every time because then I get to give him a toy that I can play with. So now, <laughs> you know, it's great. And we can talk Equinedge all day, too, to learn more about, you know, the, the tools that Scotty has. These are amazing. They're the, you know, we talk a lot about computer players. Scotty's offering computer betting type tools. Or the average player, you can learn a lot more about that at Equinedge. Chappie, the man to talk to about all the amazing stuff going on at Santa Anita. That is a place to go and have a great time racing. Really, any day is a special day at Santa Anita. It's such a great place. I wish I was going to get out there this meet. Uh, looks like it's not going to happen until uh, 
until Breeders' Cup uh, time. But, you know, hey, that's better than nothing. Guys, really appreciate you. For our partners at uh, Santa Anita, uh, obviously we're uh, in the money media over on this end. Really appreciate everybody tuning in and uh, joining us, whether you're joining us here live or on the replay. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. Until the next time, may you win all your photos. <laughs>